Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lisa H., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee, currently in Florida. Today is Wednesday, February 1st, 2023, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today we're reading from the big book in the chapter, How It Works, on page 59. We'll be reading and commenting on the first paragraph that begins, Half Measures Availed Us Nothing, and ends in With Complete Abandon. And today's readers, and thank you for your service, 12 Steps, Emily T., 12 Traditions, Alice A., readers of the text, Reva L., Vanessa G., Nancy P., and our newcomer greeter is Reva P., and our second hour host is Anne-Marie M. The share ID um, for yesterday's meeting, Tuesday, January 23rd, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, is 19,904. That's 19904. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 19,905. That's 19905. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, every group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Emily T. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning. Thank you. This is Emily T. in Chicago. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, Thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, 
We tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks for um, the opportunity to do service. Thank you, Emily T. And I will now ask Alice A. to please read the 12 traditions. Thank you. This is Alice A. from Alabama. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Thank you, Alice A. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To, pre- to share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We're in the chapter, How It Works, on page 59. We're going to be reading and commenting on the first paragraph that begins, half measures availed us nothing, and ends with complete abandon. And I will now ask Rena L. to please begin reading. 
Hi, this is Rena L., compulsive overeater from Toledo, Ohio. Good morning. Uh, half measures availed us nothing. We stood at the turning point. We asked this protection and care with complete abandon. Oh, good morning, everyone. I'm nervous. I didn't know I was going to, I thought I would just read something. I didn't know reading meant commenting too, that it was the same. Oh, okay. So my first time doing it uh, to start. Um, and what I wanted to say is, uh, or what I am going to say is uh, when I first came into program after about a year or two, I used to start leads saying half measures availed me everything. That was my joke. But it was true. I really believed that. Not that it's true that half measures availed me everything. Uh, after I was abstinent for a while, I thought I shouldn't have to work so hard just to get to baseline, just to be able to travel, just to be able to show up. And I started to permission give and let go of recovery behavior after recovery behavior because, you know, I shouldn't have to work so hard. Um, recovery takes work. Ab you know, relapse actually takes no work. <laughs> and for some reason, I thought that that was how it should be. Um, what I'm so grateful for is after years of getting abstinent and relapse, abstinent, relapse, I'm so grateful that I hadn't actually tried everything, that I actually was all half measures because if not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to get abstinent again. I'm so grateful when I came back that, um, you know, the things I hadn't tried and I thought for sure in relapse that I've tried everything in a way. There's nothing left for me. And yet I hadn't been to vision. I hadn't worked steps out of the big book with a sponsor. I hadn't prayed and meditated in the morning. I hadn't made, and then using the tools that also support my recovery, making three calls, having a relationship with a nutritionist. These are things that support my recovery that I never would do. And oh, this other last thing, 100% honesty, right? Rigorous honesty about, every, about everything. Um, I'm so grateful that there were so many things I hadn't tried because now that I'm doing them, I feel so free and a freedom I never really thought was possible. Um, and the last thing I just want to note is on the protection and care with complete abandon. Um, I, I always said before, I'm an atheist and that's fine. I can still follow a food plan. And I'm so grateful that even though I don't know what a higher power really is, I do talk to it every morning, <laughs> whatever I'm talking to. And I, and even when no one's watching, I never thought when nobody can see me, no, there was no benefit to get that I would actually pray for other people, that inside I would change, that I would be thinking of other people and not just me in the morning and not what they think of me, but actually care about what happens with them. And I'm so grateful to be different inside, inside. So with that, I look forward to hear people's comments. Thanks. Thank you, Rena L., for getting us started. And although we value your experience, we do ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you shared on any of the meetings, the vision meetings on Monday or Tuesday, we ask you to hold back. And um, who would like to comment on what was um, read this morning? Reva P. Barbara. Reva. Barbara. Alice. Tina S. Alice. Tina. Alice W. Alice. Wanda. 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 Thank you. Darlene. Okay, I missed that one. Last one. Darlene Roger. H. Darlene. Okay, I'm going to stop right there and tell you who I have. And if you'll all remind me of your the first initial of your last name when you share. Reba P., 
Barbara E. I think I think it was Joni, Tina, Tina S, Alice, Wanda, and Darlene. So Reva, please, Reva P, please get us started. Good morning. This is Reva P. Grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. I love this paragraph, and I know we all talk about the half measures. You know. You put in 99 cents in the vending machine when it costs a dollar, you get nothing. Um, I do a couple of steps and not the rest, I get nothing. I do half a step 10 and don't, you know, maybe do this, the last part of resolutely turning my thoughts to someone else and love and tolerance and maybe I get nothing. Um, so, you know, where am I, where am I doing half measures? Um, um, but I, I love this part, standing at the turning point. You know, the turning point for me represents a change in direction. Like I'm going to go a different way. And what do I do um, when I get to that place um, where I need to change direction? What's the first thing I do? Sometimes I'm like somebody uh, um, I chat with talks about running with scissors. Sometimes I just run around doing, doing, doing. The first thing I do when I'm stuck, when I can't be with the food, I can't be without the food. When I'm afraid if I do something, I'm afraid if I don't do something. When I'm angry if the person does what I want and I'm angry if they don't do what I want. I get to these turning points where I'm hitting a wall. I love the reminder, I ask, I ask, and who do I ask? I ask him, her, God, not me. And what do I ask for? Protection and care. And lately I think protection is protection against me and my self-will run riot and care. Um, I've looked up the definition of care. We're all into definitions here, um, but I just love it. Provision of what is necessary for the health, welfare, maintenance and protection of someone or something. And that's what God does and serious attention applied to something to avoid damage. I damage myself, I self-destruct, whether it's with food or with what I do, with those thoughts in my head that are quite self-destructive. So I love this business of I, you know, I stop, I'm at a turning point like a fork in the road. I ask, I ask somebody greater, something greater than me, protection and care, and then, then I start taking action and here's that list of steps that follow. So love the reminder and with that I pass. Thank you, Reva P. And Barbara E, you're up, followed by Joni. Oh, good morning, everyone. It is Barbara E in New Jersey. I love that paragraph too. Well, for me, perfectionism is the co-joined twin of relapse. I'm not perfect, I will make mistakes. But if I've learned something, I call it a life lesson. So if the doctor prescribes a 10-day treatment for the flu, and I say, yes, but I think I'll take it for just five days, I won't recover. And the same is true for this program. I have to do 100% of the program with no yes buts, no yes buts, with complete abandon, with zeal, with fervor. So guilt for me is not good. It means I did something bad. I'm ashamed I'm bad. No, I'm not bad. I'm a sick person striving with my higher power's help to realize I'm a person with a, 
a, with a problem, and there is a solution, and I have to find it, and I have to turn to it. And I heard on a meeting, I always love to listen, the woman was saying when she gets to a turning point, a fork in the road, and she waits for the pause to see which direction to go in, if she doesn't hear anything, she always turns left. And soon she'll, meet, she'll bump into a tree or perhaps meet a grizzly bear or realize a defect that she has. So on the contrary, I'm a person with a problem and I can't think I'm too smart for it and I can't think that other people who believe in this higher power are weak. I think it's for strong people, this, this program that we're living and if I do something for you and it's for the wrong reasons, if my motives are impure, that's not wrong. I have to do it with no expectations of reward. And experience has shown me that this program works and I had to treat the symptoms first, put the food down and understand I'm like a baby, uh, just beleaguered by all the bedevilments. And abstinence is having compassion for myself. And I can eat whatever I want if I'm willing to pay the price. And I'm not. I'm absolutely not. Because I know for me, relapse is so difficult. So difficult. So I wish you a happy, abstinent, blessed day. And look for the joy in the world. Because there is joy to be found everywhere. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. And Joni, you're up. If you'll give me the first initial of your last name, followed by Tina S. Could that have been Julie? Oh, it sure could have been Julie. <laughs> All right. Great. Uh, this is Julie Kay from Connecticut. Um, and I'm super grateful to be here today because I am at a turning point, a major, major, major turning point. And I, ironically, I walked around my house this morning just repeating over and over, you know, I need your protection and care. I'm asking for your protection and care. I need your protection and care. Because I do. I have to ask my higher power for their protection and care with complete abandon, which means I don't insert myself at all. And the flip side to that is, um, you know, I'm at this crossroads and it's a work-related issue. And I need to pray for my boss. I need to pray that he receives the bounty that I want for myself because while I need to own my peace, it it can't be about me. It's not about me. I know how much pain this man is in. I know what's happening in his family. And my heart breaks for him. And so while I do need to pray to my higher power for that protection and care, I also need to pray for the administration that I work for, that they are also protected and cared for by their higher power. That's, for me, that's a big piece of the half measure that will avail me nothing. If I only, if I only see things from my perspective, if I'm only worried about myself in this scenario, you know, like someone said, I may as well take five days of the antibiotic and not and not the full 10-day course. Um, 
And today I don't do that. Today I don't have the luxury of doing that. Um, it just it it will lead me right back to the food, and and more than that, for me, it will lead me right back to my unabstinent, non-abstinent behavior in the world, not around food, around people, around the choices that I make. You know, my will will become my own if I do not surrender. Ask God for his protection and care with complete and total abandon. And for me, you know, it's, it's going to be a moment-by-moment basis today because that's just where my feet are at this particular crossroad. It has to be every moment checking in with my higher power, reaching out for fellows. That's what it means to not take half measures in my world today. And I'm super grateful that I was able to share today because I can't have this weight on my shoulders the way it is all day. Um, or, or I'll just be stuck in me, 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 me. Um, so thank you all, and I hope you have a great day. Thank you, Julie Kay. And Tina S., you're up, followed by Alice. Thanks so much, Lisa, for your service. Tina S., recovered compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Wow, what a great meeting. Love the shares. You know, ditto, ditto, ditto. You know, it's such a small, powerful paragraph. You know, I, too, was one of those that thought that I wasn't that bad, so I probably didn't have to do all that you did. You know, and then, and then I, I can always remember being in meetings and people, because we read this a, a lot <laughs> in meetings, you know, uh, practically every meeting at the beginning, this was read, half measures availed us nothing. But I thought that I was different somehow, some way that, you know, I didn't have to do all that. Well, you know, and I love that it was talked about. I finally stood at the turning point, you know, because I was completely beaten, you know, and so I had to make a different decision, you know, because I got nada. You know, when I did half, you know, uh, if I did three quarters, if I did not do it all, I didn't get anything, you know, and then I finally, you know, because, you know, I came in here believing there was a God, but didn't believe that God would work in my life, you know, and then I finally got to this place of, and I I was reading a meditation this morning, and I'm not quite sure when all that happened, and I don't even really care, but I know it it happens today, and I really ask for God's protection and, and care with complete abandon. You know, completely, utterly. You know, and when and when I do that on a given day, it's a wonderful, blessed day. You know, but I'm human, so sometimes I forget. But you know, I just love that. You know, if I want the deal, I got to do it. You know, I got to do the work. And you know, and I love that it was also talked about. You know, in the coming up paragraph, we'll see what the work is. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Great stuff. Thanks. Thank you, Tina S. and Alice. Um, you're up, followed by Wanda, and if you'll both give me the first initial of your last name when you share. Um, Al- Hi, this is Alice W. Can you hear me? I can. Thank you, Alice. Great. Oh, hi. Great. Thank you. Um, what a lovely paragraph. Um, I just wanted to come in because I'm feeling quite evangelical about my higher power. Um, when it talks about half miles of Half measures avail does nothing. When I was in relapse for years and years and years, I was doing half measures and I might occasionally do lots more, um, but it was inconsistent. And I just never got desperate enough. And I think for me, I just have to get to the absolute place of desperation. And my my relationship with my higher power, um, when I first came in 
you know, 20 years ago, you know, and then I went out. But, um, you know, it's, I was quite like a baby, you know, and I had this uh, awakening. But it, but what I'm finding now is it's really developed and it's got really strong. And I feel incredibly close to my higher power. And that's through doing all the work. So, I mean, I was kind of like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that, you know, because <laughs> actually I... I need a spiritual discipline and I need to do certain things every single day and I need to work my program. So I'm really kind of going all out with my program at the moment. And because of that, I'm feeling the benefits. So I had a situation last night and because I'm doing the, you know, all the measures, I I got desperate enough emotionally. Um, It was to do with my daughter. I felt she was rejecting me. And, um, and I called someone I, I can't sometimes get through because they do so much work, you know, with other people and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, this person picked up and it just felt like the phone up and they, it was like God was there. Like God totally directed me in this situation. I managed to make an amends. I got all the feedback, this amazing prayer on the situation. I then wrote to my high power this morning. Um, and this is because of the buildup of work I've been doing. So if I did half measures, I wouldn't get this. And this morning, my high power was like, you're you're upset about your daughter rejecting you but you've rejected me all the time and that was so so incredible this morning I felt that I was like yes I've rejected my own parents and I rejected my higher power so I can't get all upset at a child rejecting me um and so I just feel incredibly I feel like all the love I feel for people is within one higher power at the moment it's really strong and I just thought I want to get on the meeting to share because my disease takes me to negativity and 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 you know all all the bad stuff and I just when I feel like this I just really want to share it because this just shows to me I really want to make this really clear that my higher power is a fact um it's a total fact and uh and 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 my higher power is working for me and that's because of the work I've done and I'm not saying that to be smug or like aren't I wonderful I've been working my program so hard because I would have found that really irritating to listen to but it is just because I have to do it and I get so desperate. I, I have to do the work I'm just because I'm, you know, first it was the food. The food's now like, you know, that's a daily thing. But it's it's the it's all the other stuff, the emotional stuff as well uh, that I get so powerless over. So I'm going to leave it there. I, I don't know if I've totally gone over, um, but I'm, ju- I'm just very grateful. I'm sounding a bit evangelical, but I'm very grateful. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Alice W., and Wanda, you're up, followed by Darlene H. Good morning, everyone. I'm Wanda R. from Illinois. Hey, everybody. Uh, you know, I have uh, news that I got married yesterday. And, uh, you know, I I just know that this change cannot reflect and uh, you know, bad behavior with food and you know, I just know that this is a change that is going to require abstinence and that, uh, you know, I, I know that, um, you know, my life is different and, uh, you know, I'm so grateful that I have the meeting and, uh, you know, that I have a husband that loves me and, I just know I have to, um, you know, give up trying to uh, change anyone and um, accept that person uh, that that's how God 
you know, made him. So I know that I have to abandon myself uh, to God's will uh, in other people's lives, and I have to, uh, you know, do the next right thing and um, enjoy, you know, life and, uh, you know, not be uh, so strict uh, and insist and, you know, try to do what I want to do uh, so much um, because, uh, you know, God has ways that I don't understand. And, you know, um, I have to understand that I don't know, you know, that uh, God is in charge. And I had a miracle one time that I texted somebody in Wisconsin, and I said, God's in charge. And on the text, it came out, God is still in charge. And I know I didn't say that. I mean, I just was like freaking out, you know, but I'm just so um, dependent on God. I can't get enough of God. You know, um, I need God in my life. I need his undivided uh, love, you know, that uh, he can pour out on each and every person, not just me. And, um, you know, the people that I love, you know, and uh, I have to be grateful that um, I am uh, continuing, you know, to be devoted uh, to uh, my abstinence. And I call my sponsor every day and, um, you know, keep going on the road. Thank you. That's it. Thank you. Thank you, Wanda, and congratulations to you. And Darlene H., please share with us. Hey, good morning, everybody. This is Darlene H., recovered in Columbus, Georgia. Moderator, thank you for your service. And for our lead sharer, great job. First time, great job. So um, when I read this little paragraph, it makes me think about um, you know, I'm I'm a really task-oriented person. So when I finally get to the point of I'm ready to do whatever has to be done, you know, sponsor asks, are you ready to go to any length to do what needs to be done? And I'm like, yes, give me the work. I'll do it. And I go to work on it, and I'll do the tasks, and I'll, you know, make sure it's all done, check, check, check. Uh, not paying any mind or attention to the fact that uh, almost, well, I think it's like three-quarters of the steps have God referenced in them. If it's, As you read each one, it's going to say God, him, higher power. It doesn't say Darlene in there anywhere. Um, but for me, I'm going to do the work, so the, and, and I'm going to get it accomplished, and then I'm going to wonder what's wrong. You know, and the turning point for me was realizing that over the years, many, many, many years, I've done this again and again and again and again, and I end up every time in the same spot. Life gets hard, and I can't deal with it. Life gets hard, and I realize that I don't really have a power greater than me in my life. So the turning point is that then 
I realize that I have to ask for his capital, his protection and care with complete abandon, not Darlene running the show. You know, I'm willing to do the work, but I don't need to know what the end results are going to be. I don't even need to struggle. You know, it says we don't struggle. We, t- we take it easy. So I take it easy. And I just do what's in front of me with my heart as opposed to my checklist. And the results are incredible. Life does get better. Life does get simpler. Um, Recently I had a conversation with somebody who said, you know, something to the effect of my physical appearance and, oh, my gosh, all that work that you put in. And I said, you know what? Hasn't been that hard at all. Now, and don't get me wrong, there are times when I get in the way and it's challenging and my disease is trying to run the show, but if, which is a condition, if I turn to a power greater than me and ask for that care, protection and care, and turn it over to God, then then the disease is abated, the monkey Hi. chatter goes away, and I'm back in peace. And what a blessing. Thanks for letting me share. Have a great day. Thank you, Darlene A. And um, for all of us, we are on page 59 in the chapter, How It Works. We're reading the first paragraph that begins, Half Measures Availed Us Nothing, and ends with Complete Abandon. And who else would like to share this morning? Janet, Okay, I heard, hang on, I heard Janice, I heard a male voice, say the male voice. Roger V. Roger V. Okay, Janice P., I heard Roger, I heard Roz G. Who else? Rivka. I heard Rivka. I heard Patty. Becca B. Becca, Jennifer, Elena C. Okay, Elena is going to be our last one. Hopefully we will get to everyone. And please, again, remind me of your the first initial of your last name when you share. Um, let's begin with Janice P., followed by Roger V. Mm-hmm. And thank you so much, Lisa. You're doing a wonderful job. Um, This is uh, Janice PM, and I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. The uh, paragraph prior to this, the last line says, may you find him now. And in those days, you know, that was gentle because, um, you know, the writers explained um, that you mustn't say must. Because alcoholics and food addicts and compulsive overeaters don't like that word must. If you tell me I must do something, you know, I'll do the opposite. But anyway, it says half measures availed us nothing. What a line. Now, when I first came in in 1982, half measures will avail. That's a promise. Avail us, me, nothing. And that was my experience. I figured half measures, well, you know, I'm an old timer. Um, half a loaf is better than nothing. So I'll go and do some of these things sometimes, and then some other times I won't. 
Well, what did it benefit me? What did it provide for me? Guess what? Zero. It provided zero to me. And I really thought, you know, that I would be okay. And, you know, even when I was baking, you know, a lot, uh, my girlfriend would tell me, use a cup of this and blah, blah, blah. And I'd say, well, I think I'll use three quarters of a cup, you know, and et cetera, et cetera. I always did what I wanted to do, what I thought was to do. But let me tell you, this is a promise. It will avail us nothing. It happened to me until I completely, what does that mean? I absolutely, totally abandoned myself. It was a turning point. The turning point for me was the middle of the road. It was a choice. Okay, do I keep on going and doing it my way, or am I going to choose a higher power? So is it disease that I'm going to choose and keep on going because what I did didn't work? Or am I going to um, completely give myself up, give my thinking up and choose, the, choose and complete surrender to a higher power? I'm willing to do that because this is only, you know, step two. Uh, or continue doing the way that I wanted to get the result. Well, you know, complete abandon means to give up, give up, withdraw from, cease from myself. Okay, and guess what? It works. It really works when I com- yes, completely surrendered to a higher power. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you, Janice PM. And Roger V, you're up, followed by Roz G. Roger V from Los Angeles. Good morning, OA family. Oh, my goodness. I got to be honest. When I was new and it said half measures availed us nothing, under my breath, I would always say, what do you mean? Half measures avail me half. Half is half. And it's just my opinion that addicts are great starters but lousy finishers, at least this one is. So, I mean, come on. Half is okay, right? Uh, How's that working for you? And for years, I did my whole life with half measures in every area. And what did it get me? Nothing. Whether it would be sobriety, abstinence, you know, it just – You know, like the book says, a life run on self-will can hardly be a success. And, you know, my license plate cover at the top says, does God seem far away? And underneath it says, guess who moved? You know, I had a doctor's appointment yesterday, and I didn't plan very well. When I got out of the doctor's appointment, it was 2.30, and I hadn't had lunch. And I was on the phone with a sponsee, and I stopped at a supermarket thinking they had like a salad bar. And they didn't. I could have gone to the service deli, maybe made it work. But I said, no, Whole Foods is a mile away. You know you can get something on their salad bar and their hot bar that will work for you. And, you know, I can't mess with it today. At my age, I may have another another relapse in me, but I don't think I have another recovery. So, you know, today I don't bargain with God. You know, I do these steps in the order they're given. Um You know, when I came back this time, the first 30 days, I went to a meeting every day because I was afraid I was going to binge. And, 
you know, I was in the fetal position between breakfast and lunch and between lunch and dinner. And it's just my opinion. It's easier to stay abstinent than to get abstinent. And if you're new today and you're struggling, do what we say, do what we do, you know, surrender to win because today I I surrender complete abandon, not, you know, God, um, you know, you've got this area, but I don't think you can handle that. I'll take that back because it's never worked. You know, I've got, I've got empirical data that my way never worked. I remember when I was new in the program and this girl said, she sang to Sinatra. She said, I did it my way. I wound up in AA. And, you know, that was me. I always thought the easier, softer way would be the way and that I could do this. And I can't. You know, I, I check in with both my sponsors pretty much on a daily basis because my head is not a good neighborhood to go in. And page 53 says, God is either everything or nothing. What was our choice to be? Today I'm placed in a position of neutrality with the food. And I thank, you know, today I'm only here by God's grace and mercy. So I thank him and Hi. say thank you, God, for everything. I'm grateful to be here today. Thank you guys for paying a 12-step call on me. I'm Roger, and with that, I'm out. Thank you, Roger. And Roz G, you're up, followed by Rizka. Good morning. My name is Roz G. I'm also in Los Angeles, recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you for hearing me. Well, according to this book, 50% equals nothing. And as a school teacher, when I am grading papers and uh, a student earns a grade of 50%, that's an F. And it's so true. When I half-ass this program, I get absolutely nothing out of it. And it it also says here that I have to ask, and I've learned from big book teachers that the word ask in the big book is code for prayer. So... I can't half-ass anything, and I have to ask, pray for God to protect me and care for me with complete abandon. And I have been taken to a place of complete abandon through all the mishaps, the pain, and the misery, and the guilt, and the shame, and the remorse of my first step story. And so I have to give a hundred percent, well, more than that, to yield a wonderful life. So today, that that means that I have to wake up early and go to bed early for one, for one, wake up early, get on my knees, ask the God of my understanding for help, admit that I'm a compulsive overeater and other things today, God, what do you want me to do for you today? I've asked God, I've totally abandoned and and completely abandoned my life to God. And saying that sentence is just, are just words, but the actions are so much deeper. That means my attitude has to be right. That, that I don't wake up as a victim. And if the vulture in my head starts to tell me crap, I have to ask God to divorce my thinking from selfish, dishonest, and self-seeking motives and write a gratitude list 
and I learned the other day that I can write an attitude list as well. And what does that mean? Well, I can say, thank you, God, that I have a warm bed to sleep in, that there is food in my refrigerator, that the lights are on, that I can hear and see and walk and talk, and that I have a job to go to and, a, and, and that, I, that I have a paycheck coming and that I can make plans, and that I have program people to talk to and sponsees and sponsors to work with. I mean, what? That's a life. That's 100%. So thank you. I pass. Thank you, Roz G. And Rifka, you're up. If you'll give me the first initial of your last name, followed by Patty. Hi, good morning. Uh, Rifka R. from Baltimore, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Um, Thank you so much, everyone, for your shares. Awesome, awesome shares. Uh, I was just moved to, to uh, share on this because I always hated this paragraph. Like, I didn't understand really what it meant, half measures availed us nothing, and that we stood at a turning point and we asked his protection and care with complete abandon. I didn't understand it. These were, like, instructions for my life. And I had uh, a lot of compliance, like, you know, 100% compliance. I I get too desperate, and I jump into a program, and I I do everything. I do you know, deep and extensive fourth steps. Many of them. I went through, you know, whatever 90 days told me. See how gray sheet, FAA, OAPP. Like I just jumped into something, and I'd have 100% compliance, and I had no idea what it meant that we stood at the turning point and we asked his protection and care with complete abandon, that this, these were the instructions for my life. I, when uh, someone said at the meeting that we, you know, we, we can't have 83% God and 17% me. And, you know, looking back over, you know, all the years of in-program and 100% compliance and then relapsing, and I didn't realize that the problem was that there was 100% me <laughs> in, in, you know, when it came to um, – I mean, I gave lip service, you know, to God, um, but then, you know, when it got to the to a turning point, um, it would be my thinking. I didn't really ask God's protection and care with complete abandon. I didn't know what complete abandon even meant. I mean, my thinking seemed right. I, you know, it was obvious that someone else was to blame for, you know, my feelings and my, you know, I had no clue. Um, that there was another way, even though it was right here, straight, like run black and white, like staring me in the face. And I'm at a turning point. If I'm, ups, you know, disturbed, upset, irritated, I'm at a turning point. At that point, I, you know, I have instructions here. I ask for his protection and care with complete abandon. So that's a, that's the a difference this time around, thank God. It's been over two years, and I, it's it's a whole new world because it doesn't it's not about compliance versus surrender anymore it's about surrender and that when i'm disturbed there is something in me that needs god's care and protection because i'm off the beam um and it's just a it's it's a whole new world and so um i'm just i'm so grateful that finally after all these years um, my eyes opened up to what this is really all about um, anyway, thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you, Ripka R. And Patty, if you'll give me the first initial of your last name, you're up, followed by Becca. Hi, uh, my name is Patty O, and I live in Florida. And today is my seventh day of abstinence. And this paragraph for me is is all about the half measures that I have done in the past, that my fear of talking on this meeting, of making phone calls to people that I don't know and I can't see what you're thinking of me has kept me from making phone calls, uh, has kept me from sharing at, at meetings. And so with complete abandon, I have to ask God to help me to walk through the fear. And I was talking to my sponsor this morning about the second step and how I know that God, from everything you guys say, I know that God has restored you to sanity. But my past dictates how I feel about that when it applies to me, that he can save you, but for some reason, he cannot save me. And maybe it's because in the past I have let the fear keep me in the half measures. So I'm sharing today and I'm going to make my phone calls first thing this morning. And uh, I just appreciate so much. You know, I hear you and I identify with you. And I do know from all over the world that I'm not alone. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Patty O. And Becca, you're up, followed by Jennifer C. Good morning. This is Becca B. in Mississippi. Um, I really appreciate all of y'all working together to make this um, possible. I'm sitting here looking at ice on the ground in Mississippi, which we don't get very much. And um, yesterday, I just decided it was best for me to not go anywhere. And there was a time that that was just virtually impossible for me. I cannot stay in the house all day. And I did go to the mailbox, not and stayed in the house. But um, now with this, with the 12-step program, I have the serenity to where if it's best for me to stay in the house and let the other people try the icy roads, um, I can do it. And um, I was talking to somebody on Facebook that was putting herself out there as a personal trainer, had all kind of all kind of advice for people and um I was talking I said something to her about half measures because I get the idea that everybody's a twelve stepper sometimes. She said, I'm not sure what you mean by half measures and I thought, Well how do I explain this? And I'm like and it's what, what somebody said before, it's half half effort. That's what it is. And um, when I explain things to other people, that's when I realize that that's what I've been doing. And it's um, somebody mentioned rejecting the higher power. And when I realized I was doing that, it was a big shocker to me because I was praying, asking God for help, 
And then I would hear his voice telling me, you don't need that. And um, I was like, it's okay. It's just a little, it's, you know, just this one time. It's not much. doesn't matter. And that was me ignoring God when I had asked him for help. And I don't believe in treating God that way. I believe he's done plenty for me and I shouldn't be asking him for help and then rejecting his help. Like maybe I have a better idea than God. That doesn't follow with what I profess. So I did want to tell y'all that I really enjoy y'all this morning. You guys are informative and entertaining in such a mix of you from all over the world. And I just appreciate the meeting being here. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Becca B. And Jennifer C., you're up. You'll be our last chair. And Elena C., I hope you'll stay on to share um, in our second hour. Jennifer C., please share with us. Hi, good morning. Thank you, moderator. Thank you, everyone, for all your shares and for being here this morning. You know, um, the first thing that I have to do here is I have to admit, you know, what am I admitting? I'm admitting that... uh, that I can't eat the way that I used to eat, that I can't spontaneously put food in my mouth, that I can't have a bite without a bench, um, that I have a very clear-cut prescription for the way that I eat, such a fundamental part of being human, and yet I need a prescription every day that I have to give myself to, that I have to consider everything off that plan simply not an option anymore simply not an option. And I have to admit to that. And I can spend a decade trying to find every other way but to admit to that. Um, But that's where it has to begin. I have to get really, really honest about this admission. Really honest. Because I can't have both, right? I can't have food freedom in my left hand um, and still have playing around, playing games in my right hand. I can't have both. And that's what this tells me. I can't have half and half. I can't have freedom and spontaneous food whenever I want. I can't have both. And I think it's interesting that when people came to Jesus uh, for healing, he asked them, are you ready to be healed? It's like, of course I am. I'm coming to you. No, but are you ready to be healed? And that's what I bring to the table, my readiness to be healed. And I have to get honest with myself. The first paragraph of this chapter begins with the reminder that we have to get so brutally honest with our sponsors, sure. But most of all, with ourselves, admit to myself that I cannot do it any other way. That's it. And God knows when I'm ready. God knows when I'm ready to suffer a little bit through detox. God knows when I'm ready to to, to sweat blood a little bit because, because putting down the food is hard. But God also will grab my hand and lead me through that detox. God will also continue to lead me through, and that's what step two is all about. And so we ask his protection and we ask his care because we've turned to the food for protection, protection from our own feelings protection from fear, protection from the the things that I don't want to feel, right? But it failed us. (laughs) It failed us miserably, and I can't have both. I can't have 
protection from the food in my left hand and the protection from God. I must be all in and I have to offer myself, which is what step three is all about. So with that, I pass. Let's continue to get honest with ourselves and with God. Have a great day. Thank you, Jennifer C. And thank you to everyone who shared this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Wednesday, February 1st, 2023, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 19,911. That's 19911. We'll now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Vanessa G., will you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. I will. Thank you, Lisa, for your service today. Thank you, everybody who's shared so far. My name is Vanessa G., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in New Mexico. And um, this is page 164. The other, the other place in our big book that talks about abandonment to God. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.